Raymond, so last night, Steph Curry won his second three-point contest at the All-Star break. It was, a, it was pretty awesome. And this got me thinking. If there was a All-Star podcast break, uh, of course, obviously we would be part of the All-Star group. We'd probably be natural selection starting roster, obviously. This is clearly obvious. If, if this were to occur, Raymond, what, what All-Star podcast challenges would you be participating in during the weekend? Man, which ones would I not be participating in is the real question. It's actually if there wasn't time, you know, overlap, then I would be participating in all of them. But I got (laughs) to say the uh, name your rival podcast in 60 seconds or less competition is one I would definitely be entering the um, the speed, the speed race of exporting the audio file is another one that I would do for sure. I would also do the uh, the nerve-wracking, you know, here's the video title, what are the hashtags associated, go, you know, that, that time trial uh, competition, that's a good one too. I mean, which ones would you be in? I would probably be in the green screen melee. You know, that one's always a real tough one. I can't even get into the specifics of it. It has to be seen and not uh, heard to be understood. Uh, The microphone assemble and then disassemble speed competition. That one's always really tough. They don't give you any screws. You have to do it all by hand. Um, And then, of course, the export the video file and upload to YouTube speed competition. Those will probably be the three that I would be involved in. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let... The people know where can they find us before the all-star podcast break where are we going to be you can always follow us on instagram at the goldcast you can also follow us on twitter at the underscore goldcast and be sure to like subscribe us at the goldcast on apple podcasts YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify. Did I mention YouTube? Because that's a special one. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment on that platform because that tells YouTube what to do with the video, especially if you leave a comment. And you also need to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified when our episodes go live on the line, as we say. And make sure to leave a comment because we always want to hear what you have to say. What podcast all-star competition are you participating in, perhaps, if you are a fellow podcaster? Which event? Will I see you in the same event or not? I don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. We have a huge, huge show today, Raymond. Lots to talk about. Lots going on in the sports world. Uh, Jimmy G, are the Patriots making a run for Jimmy G? We're going to talk about that. This uh, might be part one of Raymond's three-part master plan. Next up, then, of course, The 49ers started with $11 million in cap space, and now it looks like they have a lot more. We're going to talk about it. This is actually really, this is in the good news category uh, for sure. And then, of course, the 49ers jersey leak. Ooh, boy, that's a hot one. We're going to go there. And then finally, ending with what we talked about, our boy, Steph Curry, absolutely putting on a clinic last night. During the All-Star break, he was just in monster mode. We loved it. We're going to talk about it. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop. You're Professor of Fanalism. I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Class is in session. Let's go. 
San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cesar III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. All right, Raymond. Uh Big news in 49er land or Patriots land, depending on who you're asking. Apparently, the Patriots right now, their plan A, as it's been quoted on Bleacher Report, is that the Patriots are looking to make some kind of aggressive push to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in the building. Obviously, we know they traded him away to San Francisco for a second-round pick uh, back in 2017, I believe. It was a rather controversial move that apparently, according to a lot of New England news sources, was basically done to appease Brady because Belichick was already planning on the move to, you know, Jimmy G was the heir to the throne, so to speak. And uh, due to pressure from Tom Brady, they traded Jimmy G away, and the rest is history. And perhaps Robert Kraft, who obviously is buddy-buddy with Brady. Yes. Saying, hey, he still wants to play. Let's keep the train going. But, you know, you can send Jimmy somewhere else where maybe he'll get a chance to start. And you know what? In the one lone full season he has played for the 49ers, he took us to a Super Bowl. And that just shows you the level that Jimmy G is capable of playing at. Now, Raymond, you have been talking for this entire offseason that the only way the 49ers could get Deshaun Watson would be a three-team trade, and your proposal has always been the New England Patriots. They both have no trade clauses. You send Jimmy back to New England. New England sends a pick over to Houston. We get Deshaun Watson. We trade a couple picks, maybe one defensive player, and the rest is history. So, Raymond, I ask you, is this part one? of your three-team master plan. Has, 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 this, has this gone into motion right now? How, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't know if it's gone into motion, but it's certainly something that the Patriots are flirting with, according to these reports. If there's any grain of truth to these reports, then this is absolutely the first phase that has to happen. The Patriots have to want Jimmy. And if these reports are true, let's say, hypothetically speaking, for the sake of argument, they are, then this is definitely, you know, hook, line, and sinker what has to happen in order for us to make a Deshaun Watson trade possible. The Pats have to want Jimmy, and they have to be willing to assist us in the cost for a Deshaun Watson. So it's a, you know, it's a pick to them, maybe a pick to us, you know, because we traded a, a high second-round pick for Jimmy. And, you know, if <laughs> it'd be kind of crazy if they send a first to Houston in order to get this trade going because then technically you could say you know they got a high second round pick but then they had to pay an even higher pick just to get him back um, which would be nuts if that truly happened but I think that this is what has to happen if the 49ers want to keep a player but the more and more I think about it the more I think they're going to have to give up one of the stars on defense in order to make this happen I just don't know if Fred Warner or Nick Bosa are in that package. I just don't know if that's the right move. I, I, it's hard to see that, you know, the, the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade didn't involve any extra players. I don't think this one should. So to me, I think you can get it done. You just need an extra trade partner to help 
you know, offset or offload some of those picks so that the Niners have something, you know, left to, to work with. Because we know John Lynch likes picks. He likes to stack up picks for the draft, just like Trent uh, Balky used to do as well. And I think that he doesn't necessarily want to give up all of the draft capital because their idea, their plan, their strategy is su- sustained competitive success, which is what they did, you know, in order to last for 20 years, the same way the Pats did to last for 20 years. And they had good systems in place and they had actually the, they had decent drafts, but they also made good trades and draft and got some good players. But again, the Niners want to lean on the draft and supplement the, the remaining holes with free agency. And they're not going to do it the, the Rams way, which is to give up first round picks every year and get top tier players via top picks, guaranteed top players, and then hope that, that that's enough to get you into the tournament. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, this is absolutely the first phase that needs to happen. And it's kind of crazy that it's, at, it's now rumbling in the rumor mill. Whether it comes to fruition or not, we'll have to see. There's two parts of this thing that I find very interesting. The part where you said it'd be, it'd be funny if the Patriots would have to give up a first-round pick to get Jimmy G back when they only you know, took a second-round pick to get trade him away. There's two ways you can look at it, right? You can say, well... The reason they'd have to do that is because Jimmy's actually proven he's capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl. Like, he's now proven that, right? Right. His value has improved since then, so absolutely. Yeah, and then the other argument is is that, well, also, but, I mean, Jimmy also has been injury potent. only played one out of his three co- uh, contracted seasons with the 49ers. Has, has only been able to finish one season. And so from the Patriots' side, there might be an argument that all he's worth is a third-round pick. You know, a third and a fourth, maybe. So it, it it bears to see how that plays out and whether or not this ties into, uh, our, our, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, as I like to sometimes say, offline, uh, as the Watson turns. This is the new soap opera that uh, exists here in San Francisco land, as the Watson turns. So I'm not sure. The uh, the second part, of course, is I had a you know we had a long talk with our father, uh, our the unofficial fourth member of the Goldcast, Rudy Solis Jr., and he has reiterated time and time again in the last several weeks. He says, you know, offense will get you to the playoffs. Defense wins championships, and he talked about the front four of the Bucks. He talked about the 49ers front four once Nick Bosa came and just how much it's revolutionized it and getting rid of Nick Bosa, he feels, would be very detrimental and we would basically become something like the Seahawks or the Packers, a team that would essentially be um, very office, very offensive, heavy, and uh, but, you know, one and done, or maybe we get to the divisional round, maybe once in a while we get to the NFC Championship, but really outside of that, not a whole lot uh, because, because of lacking in defense. Whether or not he's right, I don't know. I just know that every dynasty of the last 40 years has always been paired between a quarterback and a coach. Those are the number one things you need. And everyone right now is looking for their Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. And I I am still perfectly on board with the Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G. As If Jimmy G can string together multiple seasons, I have no doubt he's going to be really, really good at football. But that's the thing. He has to string together multiple seasons and i feel like we basically have the same conversation every three weeks on here you know this is nothing that the goldcast hasn't heard before so raymond when the season ended the 49ers reportedly were around 11 million dollars in cap space and now 
after making some moves, dropping some players. The 49ers are basically sitting at with the ninth most cap space in the league. They're sitting at $28 million, and the, their cap could jump up to about $37 million if they cut D Ford. So... At first, I was pretty nervous. You know, 20, 11 million is not a lot to play with. Now we're looking at the ninth most and possibly getting even more, $37 million in the cap. So, Raymond, my question is, how optimistic are you now that we'll be able to sign Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, Kawan Williams? How, how optimistic are you that we can do this? Well, uh, we're... We're in a position where we, we can retain more players. I know Sports Track uh, has us. Sport Track has us as having 28 million. But if you actually go on the website, they haven't accounted for the Western Richburg uh, cap hit right now. Right now, he accounts to. I mean, there's eight million in dead cap. He also uh, counts for 11.8 million against the cap. But if they hold out until after June 1st, then the dead cap goes from eight it drops all the way to three just over three so the Niners might be you know I don't know if, if that would be if that's what they they plan on doing uh, you know the impression that we've been getting is that you know he was already going to be released I thought he was released but you know he's technically still on the roster so we'll have to see how that works because he just got hip surgery and they don't know if he's going to play again so uh, you know I think if, if we don't hear about Western Richburg, you know, leaving, but then I think it's, it's obviously likely that he's going to leave. But I think if they, if they wait till June, then they'll be able to save even a little bit more there. So we'll see how that one turns out. But overall, I mean, I didn't expect them to have this much at this point in the season. We knew they were going to lose players, you know, but, uh, you know, whether they were going to lose enough in order to sign, re-sign others is, is, of course, what remains to be seen. I think Trent Williams is obviously priority number one. I think priority number two is uh, Kyle Juszczyk. He's an integral part of Kyle Shanahan's offense, so you can't ignore that at all. He's also been probably the top, perf- most consistent performer of the offense in terms of health. He's been, he's been a pro bowler every year we've got him, and he's, hasn't really, I don't think he's missed a game. So I think he's number two. And then number three is who do you sign on defense? We know that Fred Warner's probably do a big contract. And then do you sign Kawan Williams or do you sign one of the other secondary players? We know that some of them are going to be cheap. Kawan Williams probably not on the cheap side, but not, of course, a Pro Bowl level type of contract. But he's going to command more money regardless. So we'll just have to see how it works out. It's just nice to see that there is some money to work with. Once again, Parag Marath pulls his magic this guy he is the carmen policy of this era and it doesn't matter where the niners are we find the money we figure it out but having said that you know you also look at a team like new orleans and they're like 60 to 80 million dollars over the cap every year so how how important is this cap that's what i don't understand enough about the cap to to you know make an educated uh answer to my own question right there you know i I really don't know but uh, it is interesting that once again, Parag finds a way, and uh, it, it never surprises me. We do this year in and year out, year in and year out. We do this, so uh, I'm kudos to Niners, and let's hope that we can get these deal do- deals done, especially with Trent Williams. You got to get that first. You got to shore up that side of the line. That is number one priority above everything else right now. Sign Trent Williams. All right, Raymond. Now this is a good one. This is some old school stuff, baby boy. 
we are now, there's been a leak, Ray. There's been a leak, and I want to show show the jersey. So there it is. There's the original. When Young wore 94, this is Bosa's jersey. The leak that they're saying is the alternate uniform is going to be our red jersey with the drop shadow on the number. Last time we wore it was in 1994 with Steve Young when we roasted the San Diego Chargers. And if you haven't seen that game, you should. It is so good. They set records in that game that still haven't been broken. So it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. It was the last Super Bowl one that we won in 1994 against San Diego Chargers. 95, 1995 for the 94 season. But uh, it was a, it's a badass game. If you want to see peak Steve Young. Because you'd be surprised, Raymond. There are a lot of Niners fans that are, you know, younger than us that have never seen any of those games. Never seen Joe Mon any of the Joe Montana Super Bowls. Never seen Steve Young Super Bowls. I'm very shocked, like, they, that they just haven't seen any of them. I've gone on YouTube. You know, we've gone. We sit with our family and watch these w w a couple games every year. This is a family tradition. So, if you haven't seen uh, Steve Young's big win, you must check it out. But anyways, they're saying that that jersey, last seen it, the last Super Bowl we won, they're bringing it back. And Raymond, I wanted to ask you, is this the greatest version of the 49ers jersey? Is this the best is this the best Niners jersey ever? Is it cuz some people think it is, but I want to know what your your personal opinion. It was one of my favorites as a kid. I think it just had the the you know the the shadow and the background is really what kind of set it apart from the rest of the league and it just it stood out more than any other jersey. You know, every other Niners jersey has just been a variation of of previous years. That's it. There's the, either the stripes look different, or slightly thinner, or thicker, or the number, the 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 the, the font of the number is slightly thinner. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of big changes. This is this is probably the most iconic jersey. One of the reasons being that it was the last Super Bowl we won. But also it just kind of had the most pizzazz out of any of the jerseys they've come up with. Everything else has just been kind of standard, you know, standard NFL jersey. And this one, you know, has a bit more flair to it. And I think that's why it sticks out. I like it. I like the jersey a lot. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's my favorite jersey of all time. I don't know if I have a favorite, but this one is really dope. And is like you said, it's synonymous. Every time I see this jersey... I think of that 1994-95 team. I think of that that Steve Young run. I think of Deion Sanders. I think of Merton Hanks. I just think of just you know Jerry Rice. I just think of all the guys that were on that squad and just how monstrous it was. Ken Norton Jr. You know, I think of all those guys. And so this is an iconic jersey. I might I I'm I I might say that right now currently my favorite uniform is the all white unis that we wear. I think those are clean. I like those ones a lot. The white, the white on the red. That's easy. I, I think it kind of has a little bit of an edge over the red one, just because the white, the white is so. We've had the white ones for a long time. Even in the '80s, we had a white version of that too. But the all white uniform, man, that is awesome. It is awesome. But to have this one come back, you know, the the gold pants with the red. I mean, it's the classic look. This is the classic 49ers look. It never gets old. It never gets tired. It's my favorite uniform in all of football. I think it is the dopest uniform in all of football because I'm extremely biased and I don't care. So to have them bring the drop shadow back for the 49ers for the red, the red jersey, I'm all for it. Goldcast, we endorse this jersey. This is where we're officially putting our endorsement behind 
bringing back, bring back the red one. Because guess what? When they brought the white ones back from that Super Bowl year, we went to the Super Bowl. Let's bring the red ones back and let's go back again. Let's go rematch Niners, Kansas City. Let's see what's up. That's very early, but let's do it. All right, Ray. Next up, this was pure all-star goodness. This was Steph Curry was out of control. He was out of control last night. I mean, there are so many highlights from that game. First of all, the three-point contest was ridiculous. Okay. Then you have the LeBron James alley oop from from the from he was he was he was basically in the corner, bottom of the key, throws it to Steph. Steph sitting on the edge of the logo, drops that bomb, hits that three. Then later on in the game, he's at the bottom. He's at he's at the bottom corner corner three, throws it up. Turns, does the no-look drop like LeBron did earlier in the season, which they cut to a shot of Dame, and Dame was, like, amused, but it looked like he was kind of annoyed, which was funny because he's he was on his team, uh, yeah. which speaks to their whole rivalry that uh, that night and just in general. And then, of course, uh, the iconic dunk that went viral, the one that's behind me right now, uh, and then Steph, you know, winning his second three-point competition. Uh, let me ask you, I, I know Giannis won the MVP. He went 16 for 16, and that was impressive. Dame had virtually the same stats as as Steph, but do you feel Steph owned the night? Yeah, I thought he was, he, and even though the trophy went to Giannis, it's like I didn't hear a peep on Giannis from Bleacher Report, ESPN, anybody. My whole, the the all of even outside of the filters that I have on my phone that cater to Bay Area teams, even outside of that scope, all the echoes from the All-Star night were surrounded by Curry, were sur- uh, surrounded Curry. They, they all revolved around Curry doing something. Curry killed the first round with 31 points, then killed the second round to take the title with by making the final shot, and then destroyed the All-Star game with threes, half-court threes, and dunks crazy it was so crazy i've said before curry is having an mvp like season i said this all the way back at around after the first month remember that i was like man he he looks like he's on the road to an mvp like season and his numbers are very similar to his mvp back-to-back mvp runs uh this is what lebron james said first of all first time lebron and steph have ever been on the same team their rivalry is um well publicized and has been well documented you know we know that uh LeBron doesn't always have the most love for Steph, but I was shocked at what Steph, what LeBron uh, tweeted. He put, finally got to share the floor with Steph Curry 30. Well overdue, and I loved every second. Hashtag greatest shooter of all time. Hashtag change how the game is played by himself. Hashtag respect beyond words. Hashtag just some kids from Akron. And for LeBron to say that, about Steph Curry, a guy who he has gone toe to toe with, and 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 uh, you know they have exchanged some pretty heated words at uh, various finals in the past. For even LeBron to 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 give him that much accolades, greatest shooter of all time, changed the game all by himself. I mean that just goes to show you the level of respect Curry commands, and and when you have you know the greatest basketball player of this era, you know giving that kind of respect to a guy like Steph Curry 
it's uh, that reverberates through the league, and that's that that reverberates through fans, and that you know that that w- that sometimes will change the narrative on how people feel about Steph. And I think I mean a lot of guys have respect for Steph. Steph is one of the most selfish players in the league, um, but he's uh, it was a pretty pretty dope. Very, very dope, man. Like, I mean, the highlight reel from last night with Steph was incredible. Uh, well-deserved break, and I can't wait to see what these guys do uh, in the second half here. Yeah, and um, and sidebar, what the hell is Chris Paul doing at this All-Star game? Uh, what a what an odd choice uh, to put him in there. I mean, he's got like 10 All-Stars. Like, he's shooting less. I mean, he's the, his his points per game is less than his rookie year. Get him out of there. Just what a waste that was. Anyways. Well, um, you know, it really where his value comes in is, you know, kind of like Draymond. Ball distribution, leadership on the floor, you know, having that veteran leadership. He 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 does command that presence. Um, he definitely isn't the shooter that he once was, but he's still playing at a pretty high clip. I, I you know, I don't, he's not, he's not the Chris Paul of old. I don't think it's all-star worthy. That's for sure. I just, it's like when they gave it's like when they gave Kobe an All Star just for the sake of him being Kobe. I was like, "Come on, stick to the rules." I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like those weird nods they give to veterans. It's like save that for somebody who actually deserved it. It's not going to diminish anything that Kobe did or anything Chris Paul did. Give it to to, to a player who actually has the stats that that typically is associated with an All Star player. Don't just give it to someone out of respect. That's that's yeah. Give, like, like you give it to someone. That. You give it to someone like Clay this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, on it, it's it's uh you give him an all star nod and then you also give them to them uh will be comeback player of the year next year trophy. <laughs> you you give him the 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 yeah, it'll say will be player of the, of the year, comeback player of the year next year trophy this year. Yes. Trust us. <laughs> absolutely all right folks we will be back candlestick will is going to join us we are going to be talking of course when candlestick wills here it is all hoops all baseball we are going to be talking about the warriors midway season point where they're at what we like what we see is there a trade along the way could it be a player that rudy has been lobbying to be on this team for almost two straight years now because that rumor is coming up and I've been talking about this for two years. I don't want to say who it is. We'll talk about it on Thursday. And of course, we're going to be doing a San Francisco Giants preview. Spring training is in full effect, fam. I cannot wait for the Giants to be back. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So we'll be talking about all of that this coming Thursday. And uh, what say you, Goldcast Empire? Did Steph Curry own the night was he the true, the people's MVP of the All-Star Games and Challenges? And then next, how excited are you for the throwback Niner jerseys? The red with the drop shadow, baby. Let us know. Go to YouTube.com slash The Goldcast. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And so concludes another edition of The Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cesar And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.